0: Hello,
2: you're listening to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one place to be for an audio adventure into the world of guitar geekery. But if at the end of an hour-long excursion you're chomping at the bit for more, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where we'll be dishing out not only the Patreon special, but the Hall of Fame podcast as well. This week, I'll be reading Fifty Shades of Grey in One Breath. I probably won't do that, but Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello, and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast the world's number one guitar podcast i am your host joe branton joined this week by mark packham turn it off and don't touch me uh, jay cross hi joe and matthew knight why roast when you can toast yeah <laughs> Ah uh, yes, and welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. There you go, j Cross. I actually brought my intro down. I tamed it and made it more normal. And, so, that... and
3: in in response to that, and in gratitude, I you know toned mine up well, a bit. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate. I you know.
2: I I appreciate that. To do was... with your abs. Yes, well, thank you very abs. much. It, it, it was good. So this week on the uh, on the Guitar Nerds Podcast, it's the uh, what do you call the opposite of the Eve? Uh... The Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you call the other? The when it's after the morning. No, sure no. When it's one. when it's the Eve is the bit before. What Post. is it when it's after? Post this Boxing is, Day. This is the Boxing Day of the um, <laughs> of the UK the show. Yeah, the Guitar Show UK. Bring on the cold meats, which is the Birmingham they don't have, Guitar they don't Show. Have the, they don't have Boxing Day in the US.
3: Nobody's gonna know what we're talking oh, yeah. about. Oh what?
2: what do they do the day after Christmas they, Day? They
3: go back to work. Oh, really. <laughs>
2: Got <laughs> it. And we you know, sit it,
1: around and watch b- b- boxing. You Excuse know in Japan, me? in Japan they don't actually have Christmas. They go to work, but their uh, tradition is KFC. Yeah. So on Christmas day they
3: go to work and have KFC. Uh oh. that is that was a fantastic tradition that was put together by the the, the Japanese KFC <laughs> marketing department. You
4: know what you want to do, right? <laughs> Unless your family wants to have a bad Christmas, get KFC. <laughs>
2: Genius. And Good on him.
3: Good on him I say.
2: Anyway, so I mean, it know, was everything, but. So it was the Birmingham Guitar Show uh over the weekend and um
1: Matt Knight you were exhibiting there with Boss. It was. Um, I can't believe it was 24 hours ago. It Feels like a lifetime ago.
2: Yeah, and uh, and me and Mark Packham went up uh to to Birmingham to, to 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 see the show. It was a four and a half hour journey. Oh, yes. and So so yeah, so so Jay couldn't come and Jay is our only driver. Jay's our designated driver. So without Jay, we were faced with uh with what would be a three hour train journey to Birmingham, which is which is fine. Only just for this week, there are no trains out of our hometown of Brighton going towards London. Meaning there is bus. I hate the replacement. bus replacement. I hate
1: the bus in any form. I also find it hilarious that of all my all of my best mates, the three people other people that do this podcast, two of them also can't drive. Yeah.
3: Listen, I I actually I didn't have anything going on this weekend. I just I really wanted you you two to appreciate me for more than just uh, my um, driving night. No, no, no 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 like that that's another thing I wanted you to appreciate before oh, as opposed to, you know, my uh, soothing dulcet tones and, and they are and, vast, and soothing uh, vast knowledge of guitars uh, and when i was when i was
4: at home when i was on my way home on the bus last night when i was sat behind a man who was guffing away <laughs> for most of the
3: journey i really
4: appreciated you jay cross <laughs> <laughs> so
3: um on friday night no saturday night uh, so we, we were going to go up on, on to the show on Saturday, uh, as we've done the last few years. Yeah. But,
2: um, we're going to stay overnight in a hotel. We were going to stay overnight have in a, a hotel. Have a few drinks. Like we've done a few in, in the past. Me and Mark would share a bed.
3: Yep. Uh, again, as has been the, uh, the tradition. tradition. Yep. Uh, but no, uh, I accidentally double booked us by booking a gig and uh, asking Mark's band to play. <laughs> Uh, so we went, we went we went we went we went to this show on Saturday night and uh, it was really good. But at about I don't know, it was probably about midnight uh, and Mark had had, you know, a pint and a half. And so was uh, completely and absolutely blotto. And he was like, uh, if I just start, like, you know, turn my phone off and yeah. just like don't oh, yeah. don't pick up the phone w- would you be mad at me would you would you be mad at me and i was like i just don't think you should do like i don't care because i'm not going to be there but i just don't think you should do that and he was like i just i just i just think it'd be really funny to oh, like oh, just not oh, go. Oh, oh, i was seriously considering I,
2: it oh, oh no no i was fully aware i was <laughs> i was so fully aware that mark was testing the waters with me. i i kept receiving text messages being like uh saying things like oh i'm i'm so far gone I'm I'm so drunk. Oh, I'm pints. so out of it. Four. <laughs> 4 pints is a lot for you. But yes, uh, but yes, so um um also on a, on a, on another note uh, before we dive into it, um guitar nerds as a team have to attend maybe between 3 and 5 events every year. Most of those events are on the same dates every year and two of you managed to book something else that was happening. Yep. On this
3: Okay. And uh sorry, just a just a quick one. Um How was Nam Joe? How was when uh, you went to that? Oh, um, also the um the the London the London Guitar Show. How how was that? Do you know? Oh, and also sorry 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 (laughs) sorry, I'm talking. Um, shut up. Um, what? How about Kempton? How how was that when you when you went to that one? Did I miss that one? Yes, you did.
2: Yeah, so just. Who gets paid for doing this now? Yeah, also, so I was also fantastic was confused point. About it because fantastic actually it was point. the weekend it was my day off.
4: When I was on the bus No up no no, there, no such it thing work
2: mate. Like that. No such
4: thing. Not when you're a contractor. It's right. get the work done. Right. That's, that's right. Or, or get out. <laughs> right.
2: Okay. Okay. Anyway, before we actually uh we before we actually go into talking about the uh, the Birmingham guitar show because it was great and we did see uh, a ton of cool stuff uh whilst we were there but before we talk about that we actually uh we got a few things through the post this week also that we've tried out. Um, first the first can thing we, can we introduce a new jingle here that's like mailbag ooh, or something like that that's a good idea here it is <laughs> Mailbag Um so the uh, That's quick Yeah it was good wasn't it yeah, <laughs> you, you just made that on the spot yeah, yeah, I can't believe you did that that's fantastic <laughs> Thank you thank you. Got, you know I've got to remember <laughs> I, hope I hope you don't I hope you don't And just, the jingle is just Matt just laughing and then trying to stay quiet <laughs> Uh, yes anyway Matt we uh, uh, you <laughs> you were uh, you received a couple of uh, the new pe- the new pedals
1: from Exotic the uh, super sweet and what's the other one the super clean the super clean yeah so oh. you kindly dropped them off on Sunday at yeah. the show cuz you posted a picture and I was like these look awesome mainly for the color of the super sweet I was like it's like it's like a great pedal it's a gorgeous like red sides with a, so, with the same black top so it's exotic effects who uh
2: Um, Obviously, they're kind of known for their 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 booster and their compressor. Uh, Is it the the drive, the SL drive, the the SL drive, SP compressor? I used to use the SP compressor; it's fantastic. Now they're mini pedal size, but they're always a little bit deeper. They weigh an absolute ton. They're incredibly well built, and the super sweet and super clean come with the addition of um, rather than having a load of controls on the top, they have one mini. Rotary on the top, which seems a bit weird because there's definitely room for a normal-sized knob. Um, and uh, on the <laughs> side of the, uh and it's the, so immature you're all so immature. For goodness sake, and and on the uh, on the side of the pedal, it's got um, four dip switches um, that that affect various EQs for the uh, the super sweet and the super. Is their font Comic Sans? Uh, it's it's not quite Comic Sans. No, it's a bit more sixties. Okay. than that. But uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt t-
1: tell us about the pedals because you've actually tried them out. I have, so they are absolutely the. I'm I'm in my running for gear of the year as a, as a make gooder. The super sweet is absolutely amazing, um, and basically it's just a set and forget like mini pot on the top, and then you've just got a few EQ switches on the side, and those EQ switches determine. What frequencies it boosts, basically, uh, yeah. when you turn it on. So the Super Clean is more of a buffer. Yeah, they market with... it as being the Super Clean buffer and the Super Sweet booster. Even yeah,
2: though so both it... of them have a gain control, the only the only rotary is a gain control in both. Yeah. Cases. So
1: they both they both have twenty dB of gain, which is massive. Um, and they both have the same EQ settings on the dip switches, but one is more of a preamp and one is more of a clean boost. Was a buffer with a clean boost. So the Super Sweet has got a little bit more sort of tonal character to it, no matter what you put the dip switches in, um, just because it's based on the JRC... I forget the exact one. Um, 4558. That's the one. So the Tube Screamer um, op-amp, basically. So yeah, it's just got a little bit more of a richer character. The Super Clean was really nice, and it reminded me very much of the Class A boost from Pigtronics. Just like straight ahead great volume um boost no real kind of major shift but it just made everything sound really really nice but the super sweet added like a really nice sort of warm character to it yeah the only thing i would say is it's almost got too much gain on tap like 20 db it's just like you you if you get up to halfway it's just like absolutely like crazy volume and after a weekend of the guitar show i was like I'm gonna dial it down very, very slightly. Um, but it's really good if you want to take something in, if you want to like drive your amp a little bit harder. Obviously, you've got all that on there, but I think it's designed to be very much set and forget, um, which I really like. You just set I just set the super sweet and I was just like, oh, I'll just leave it on that. And then as soon as I turned it off, I was like, Oh, I miss how good that sounded. Yeah. So I just turned it back on again. A proper make gooder. But yeah, I mean, they make fantastic pedals, and these look, you know, to be honest. It, I mean, it great. is super well built. I mean, they're just They they like you say, they've just got so much weight to them and you're like, oh, that feels like a really, really solid unit. Yeah. And it also you can I don't know, they don't really mention if it makes much difference, but well, like with all the exotics, you can run them either nine to eighteen volt. So I'd imagine if you run eighteen volt, you probably just get a little bit more headroom. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Do you know what, looking at their site, I'd completely forgotten that they make guitars.
2: Well, that was actually what I knew them for, first yeah. of all, because Exotic make fantastic sort of Fender-like custom shop basses. They really kind of came into their own, I think they were most popular around the time that, you know, there was that period where all uh, like pro-level bass players were getting rid of their Fenders and were yeah. getting Lacklands. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it was like Exotic were one of those companies that were sort of considered up there with, uh, there were a couple of others, I can't remember the names. Sandberg. Sandberg was sort of there. Nash, Nash were there, yeah, absolutely. There were kind of a handful of others as well. All, all really similar, offered a similar thing, but it was essentially, yeah, sort of Fender custom shop, but a bit more. Yeah, it's just anemic. it's just a P bass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something
3: else to
4: buy that isn't the thing that everyone else has already got yeah. for good reason. But
2: the exotic stuff does look really, really, really good. The the instruments.
3: See, I I didn't know they were they made instruments until we saw them. I think it was at Summer Nam was when I. The first time I saw some in the flesh, and right. I thought, "Oh, right! Wow, they've moved from pedals to uh, pedals to instruments." Oh, I but wonder
2: which way round it happened. See, I've,
3: I've actually, I've actually got no idea. I was just going oh, on the website to have a little. My look. feeling is that it was instruments first. I see that would probably make they don't the most do sense. Enough
2: pedals for it to be pedals.
1: But they first. do a lot of pe- they, 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 did, do, yeah, they. They do. I always know them for their pedals, though, because they, oh, they really? do things like the v, BB Boost. Oh, of course, the they they AC Boost. I love the they BB Boost. The only, yellow, the yellow one. Boost really. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and they, they they've great. had a bunch
1: of signature um, pedals as well for people. So I've only ever. Noticed, so I thought the guitars was like a totally new venture. And they were just like, oh, we're just making these just like high end Fender esque instruments all of a sudden. But like Mark said, they've probably been making them for ages and just. Um, no one so really just cares. looking at the company history now. So they started uh, in
4: 1998 uh, in Southern California uh, with a product called the RoboTalk 1 um and then it looks like Still then they did in the product?
3: oh no robotalk 2 is yeah
4: so then they did the uh AC booster the RC booster and the BB preamp uh in 2002 to 2005 um and then after that it looks like that's when the guitars started to uh to arrive wow. so, so hang on A- really fact okay so this is the actual timeline so uh robotalk started in 1998 then uh, September 2002, the AC booster. November 2002, the RC booster. January 2005, the BB preamp. And then their first base was the exotic base XJ1T uh, in t- September 2008.
3: Focus Probably. on the J, I
4: assume. Uh, it, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, what's really interesting is that the uh, EP booster has been in production since 2009.
1: Wow. 2009? Yeah. Wow. Wow. How? Is it. Are they, is the current one like a model two? No, they did. They did do, and didn't they do in? No, I'm thinking of MXR. I was thinking of the Echoplex. Like, yeah, no, no, I think the I think they've only ever done the EP. Yeah, since so 2009,
4: and then the SP compressor since
2: 2012. Holy heck! Right. Yeah, it's a long old time. Yeah, well, they're absolutely fantastic pedals. I'm not. Uh, I'm not incredibly surprised. So. Um, moving, moving on, uh, onto the, the bulk of this podcast, which is going to be about the awesome things that we saw at the Birmingham guitar show. Um, when, when, uh, me and Mark turned up on the, on the Sunday, um, the first thing we saw, actually the first thing we saw was probably Matt Knight. Yeah, exactly. Because um, yeah. the the boss booth was right at the front, and there you were, Matt. With uh, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that rack control volume
1: pedal you you do? <laughs> the what's it's it just called? a bit. It's just a really expensive volume pedal. Uh, the tube amp expander. Yeah, you had the t- all <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the whole time we were there. Joe was going out to people who worked for
4: Boss, going, "It's just a volume pedal, isn't it? It's a volume <laughs> pedal." And despite everyone going, "You're a massive idiot," including people who were not affiliated with Boss. Just random people listening to his conversation, going, "You're a total." The general knob.
3: public is a lot more perceptive than you expect. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, well, they look at him and they see that he's a normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hello, <laughs> not hard to perceive. Um, but yeah, it seemed like the response was really positive, Matty.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it, we so we had a Friedman, so we we had a Friedman B100 and a four by twelve, and I was like, you can take a loud amp and attenuate, but I was like, oh, I really want to show off, like taking a smaller amp and making it. Re- much louder so we bought a victory bd1 and it sounded absolutely amazing because it's quite a gainy amp but you could kind of turn it down and get sort of more of a like a marshley sort of plexi vibe out of it and then just give it an extra like 100 watts and oh. then it's got no reverb or delay so everything was there and it's just like it was a great sound so we just ended up using that for almost the entire weekend oh i thought you were using a friedman we were but we had that other victory there and we just ended up using that loads and uh-huh. loads of people were like that combination sounds amazing but yeah the response was a combination was, amp yeah it was uh, it was really really positive i'm really pleased and it was actually good to spend a lot more time with it as well yeah it was good Didn't to really?
2: kind of see it out because of because i guess everything else uh, from boss at the moment is kind of things that have been out for a little while as well yeah
1: yeah so that was the only thing that was the only kind of real new thing that we had and we wanted to kind of make that focus and obviously we've got some cool old stuff so we wanted to put some space echoes and yeah there were we space the echoes old... out in cabinets that you couldn't yeah. touch
3: I, but... saw a, uh, I saw a post on one of the forums that I'm in that had a picture of was it three or four space echoes that you had Matthew? from the show I had five five okay oh all of them except for my one was it uh, Still don't yeah. have one of those Is it mm, Interesting well, I've you know, actually got well, I've got a 501 Feel I free to well, oh, I just don't have the five hundred one. Well you know Just feel free to make me an offer It's fine um, Anyway <laughs> uh, I saw a picture That someone had took And uh, they were like Oh look at these Don't this look cool And the first comment was Why on earth Would you tour With these Tape echoes On glass shelving And it's like <laughs> This isn't a band mate What's wrong with you Like, <laughs> That's the best comment ever so uh,
2: dumb. So anyway, from uh, from the uh, boss booth, me and Mark backtracked to uh, the far right-hand corner where there was a combination booth of uh, Hampstead amplifiers um, and Fidelity guitars. Yeah, sharing a booth, which was uh, which was an excellent combination of British boutiqueness, I thought uh, Hampstead amps obviously are are absolutely fantastically built.
4: Um, yeah, I've never can't. really, I haven't
2: spent much time with them, but you uh, do them. Well, you did them at GAC. When we're we're there. quite, yeah. They're kind of our, our, sort of main boutique thing, to be honest. Yeah. GAC, well, not, I can't say our anymore. No, no, I? no. They're uh, sort of main boutique amp at the moment, but yeah, they're absolutely fantastically built. Um, you know,
4: it was. Uh, they they were so popular that we didn't actually get to spend any time with them at the show oh you can't hear anything well sure sure that's one thing we should mention the show was ridiculously loud so when we're talking about this stuff you know we're going to talk about Fidelity in a moment we did actually plug it in like I plugged in the new Super Rosa Um, that's how you pronounce it right Super Rosa Super Rosa Rosa. that's right couldn't tell you what it sounds like because even though uh, Matt walked us through all the sounds, literally couldn't hear
1: anything. It, there's something well, something needs to be done at the show about the noise. Yeah, yeah. because so um, that, it that peaked was... out at 106 decibels on the stand at one point. That's... And for for reference, at Nam, obviously they're a little bit. They're a little bit more strict on volume and they do come around and they do give you warnings. I remember when we were there twenty seventeen, Beat Buddy got shut down completely before yeah. the end of the entire show. Um that's their decibel limit is eighty nine. Yeah. That- it's so too things, that's too loud. That's like it was that's um, like dang, that's
3: that's yeah. That's bad. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh, it was, I.
2: I, I did think that was my only criticism of the show. I wish they'd actually had someone there who was taking some control for the for the volume in between because it was it was wonderful to go around and look at the stuff. But uh, you know, we go to lots of guitar shows. There's no other guitar show that has such a lack of control that you know that this it's impossible to have a conversation with anyone at points.
4: Matt, what did you say the dB rating was? 106 at one point. 106. That so that's roughly equivalent to a steel mill. Um, a turbofan aircraft takeoff, uh, and a riveting machine. I, um, was, uh, I was just doing exactly the same thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> non- non-stop for eight hours. It's the
1: average human pain threshold, sixteen times as loud as seventy dB. It, um, it I must admit, at one point I was like, "Ow!" <laughs> yeah, and that's when I just had to walk away. And the quiet time was just like the thing was as soon as the clacks went off for quiet time it was like it just you know it silenced straight away and everyone like cheered but then as soon as I did it again like people just cranked amps to like max yeah but,
3: like, but, th- but this why? that's been the case for the last the last couple of years when we went it, it seems like to me when, whenever we go to the Birmingham Guitar Show because this is your was that your this third year third, third time, the, yeah. the two years that I've went it, it's like almost everybody wants it to be the other way around Wants yeah. it to be like because it's it's fifteen minutes of a, yeah, fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes of quiet, of quiet per, per
1: hour or fifteen minutes of no, quiet no they per they half changed hour? it this time it was it was half an hour of quiet time every hour was okay it? so it half and half seem, it definitely didn't seem like that it seemed yeah. like fifteen minutes in every hour yeah no it was um, that was that was it because I had the uh, they gave everyone a list of the uh, the times right okay right. Um, apart from the first hour and a half of the day but it was funny because for for me I was trying to showing off like an attenuator and an amp running through monitors and when you're next to like amps, like valve amps that need to be like totally cranked when you're just like, oh, look, listen to how good it sounds when you can turn it down. It's like totally pointless. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, uh, we did say, like as you said, when
2: Matt Oram from uh, Fidelity Guitars was trying to talk us through the Super Rosa, obviously, we, uh, we first firstly, was... I couldn't hear what he was saying because he was talking. <laughs> so we should talk about the Fidelity yeah, so stuff. Yeah, let's, so let's talk about the Fidelity there' well, uh, because so... they, had, they had three things that I was a big fan of. So but... the Super Rosa is a guitar that, a uh,
4: brand new design from Fidelity. We put a picture up in the Facebook group. Um, there is a shell pink one, which I think was probably. You know, laser targeted at us, Um, (laughs) but it's kind of um, it's a new body shape, so slightly more softer um, than their standard body shape. Uh, this one had three pickups on there, three um, P90s with kind of custom-designed housing. So they're Monty pickup, Monty's Monty's pickups. Monty's pickups with some kind of
1: custom-designed metal housing. Yes,
2: which make them look kind of much, much wider. They all, almost have a
1: sort of steampunk kind yeah, of look. Well, the, yeah, no, but they're the, the Charlie Christian. That's are, kind are of the, what the they look like, yeah, Charlie right, yeah.
4: Um And, uh, yeah, a completely... Uh, design trem system, so designed from the the ground up, kind of like a Jazzmaster trem, but yeah, built specifically for this guitar. Um, Matt was actually saying he wants everything on the guitar to be things that he has designed, so oh, there's no cool. kind of stock parts on there. Um, but yeah, so the switching system is such that you've got like a mini toggle on there that switches between two different tone circuits um, and you've got like volume for So it's hard to describe. So two separate tone circuits, and there's a volume for each, and then there's a pickup selection for each. So you've got, on the back one, I think it was bridge, in phase, out of phase, and middle on its own. And then the one further forward was, I think, middle on its own, in phase, out phase, with the neck and then neck on its own. Right, um, and then you could essentially switch between those two. So if you wanted to go from bridge and neck, bridge to neck, for example, you'd put the back selector on the bridge pickup and then the front selector on the neck pickup, and then toggle between those two. But That's if your if your two favorite sounds were neck or bridge and middle in in um, in phase then you'd set that up, sound up and switch between the two. So, yeah, pretty unique switching system. Yeah, great. Um, overall, I thought it felt more slightly more heavyweight than there. It was a
2: very weighty guitar. I mean, there's
4: guitar, a lot I, of metal on there. There is, but actually yeah. it wasn't unwieldy. It actually just felt a bit more together. Like the whole, It's hard to describe, but the whole build and the fact that it was a bit more chunky and the fact that it was kind of less round um, it just made it feel a bit more substantial than the rest of the stuff. It, it
2: done. was heavyweight, though. I, I would say it was akin to sort of a Les Paul in. Yeah, yeah, in, sure, in my... yeah. sure.
4: But then, like Jay was saying, there's a lot of metal work. Oh, of there. course, of course. But, but yeah, yeah it's fantastic. It, uh, uh, to be honest, I would really like to hear it when there's not a jet yeah. plane sound in the background. <laughs> uh, so I can <laughs> yeah. actually hear what those pickups sound like because I couldn't hear it at all at the show.
2: Matt from Fidelity was saying that even the uh, the, the tip to the, the, the trem, um is uh, an old bead that he got because he wanted to have... Um, he he wanted tortoiseshell um, tips for the for the trim system, yeah. which, of course, you can't buy anymore. So he was buying old necklaces off of an Etsy shop and then drilling them out really? to, to create the... Interesting. Oh, that's yeah, it's amazing. really cool. Really cool, really cool. And he had the base there as well, yep. uh, which is his... Um, uh, his more traditional guitar body shape. The, the, I believe it's the, called the double standard. Yeah, the double standard, um, which had like a lovely gold anodized plate, which went across sort of both, uh, you know, both wings of the of the guitar. I don't know what the pickups were. Um, they were modelled on his old Rickenbacker four double o one.
4: Yeah, that's what he said. That the idea was he wanted to cre- recreate with this
2: bass, and w- which was exactly. I did crank the bass quite a lot. Did you tell me to turn it down at one point?
4: It was incorrect no, I didn't tell you to turn it down. One of the sound people came one of the like sound police came over and said turn it down. Basically you're the problem.
2: I was I was trying to hear it above everything else, but yeah, it um it did sound absolutely. That's fantastic. what everyone says. I'm yeah. just trying to hear this over yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, 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 Well, I thought it sounded great. It sounded it did sound very Rick and Backery, Yeah, uh, from what I could tell, sort of through. I mean, what what can you tell? But um, but yeah, it was really nice. And also, Matt said he's he's working on a um a 30.5 inch scale, uh, short scale version of the, uh, of the base, which would be super cool because that will be slightly more traditional And I kind of feel everything else about his guitars is so retro and traditional that that, that sort of scale length will, will suit them a bit more. But that was that was super cool. Really like the bass.
4: Yeah, I thought it sounded because I had a quick eye on it as well. And I really like the neck profile, as I do with pretty much all of his guitars that I've played. Um, and yeah, it just, felt, it just felt solid. And I think that's what I've really noticed with Fidelity from when we first picked them up to now like everything just feels a bit more together like the the design has kind of standardized itself and you know they've definitely got a defined look now yeah um there's kind of a bit more um how would you say it? a bit more kind of cohesion across like the neck profiles like matt will make whatever you want but i think when we first went he had kind of a range of different neck profiles and now there seems to be kind of a standard profile that he's going for um and yeah really impressed by those two new bits like yeah i thought they were great like
2: uh, again just raising his game yeah absolutely and and i but i do think ultimately i think i kind of agree with jay i I'd be really excited to see like a hardtail single pickup version of the Super Rosa.
3: Well, you're agreeing to something that I said in the Facebook group. Yeah. I, yeah. Just don't want people thinking that they're, you know, they've missed part of the oh, conversation. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> for me, I'd keep the three pickups, but I'd put a hardtail on it. I just Three pickups is too much yeah, for Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It, wait, wait, who agree wait! wait who are you agreeing with? with? with I, I, he's agreeing with me, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, so, never yeah, agree with you, Matt. Just chop. Um, so I, I agree. I think it would be. I think it'd be great. He like would agree with of, you. I agree with me. I often agree with me, <laughs> as you <laughs> um, as you all should. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the I think the shape is great, and I think the uh, the the whole design is really cool, and obviously it's pink, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, I just there's just too much going on for it for me. That kind of longer body kind of reminds me of like a Firebird or something.
4: Slightly a elongated body shape, Firebird.
2: It reminded me of yeah, those rectangular Dan Electros the Yeah, came it's got that the kind the of vibe as well.
4: Yeah, definitely. That sort of price as well, I assume, yeah? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like what, what were they, a couple hundred quid? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Course, Okay, that sounds course. good. Okay, cool. I can't actually remember what the price was. Uh, I think
2: they were like two and a half, yeah, whereas was, I think yeah, normally two, four, they're like, nine. yeah, normally I, I think that his double standards are often around seventeen, nineteen hundred. 1900, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, they were they were they were super cool. Um from from there we uh, we detoured uh the whole way up. We tried to do a bit of a walk around because we sort of we were like, let's let's just walk around and see what's there. And the first thing we saw was the Fidelity Hampstead booth and spent the next 30 minutes there. We're not doing a good job of actually walking around and seeing what's here. Um <laughs> and so we we headed from there over to the Xander Circuitry booth, where they had something very interesting. He had a prototype of a pedal totally different from anything that's in the zander circuitry catalog because listener if you if you haven't checked out the zander circuitry catalog they're all um they're you know there's a a fantastic tape echo which we're which we're a big fan of he's actually introduced yeah the tape deck he's introduced two new drives as well there were two two drives that were that were
4: yeah, picked. so one of them is a new version of a pedal that he currently makes, which I've completely forgotten the name of. And then he's also doing a new preamp pedal as well. None of this will be on the website yet no. um, because it's all prototype stuff. But the thing that was most exciting um, was the Junipero prototype, um, which is kind of double the size of his the models that he currently makes. It's
2: four foot switches.
4: Yeah, four foot switches on there. Um, and it's his first... I don't know if it's the tape deck's digital, right, Matt? Uh, yes. I believe it is. Yes. So it's not its first digital pedal, but it's, it's quite a lot more in-depth than the tape deck. So what did he say? Something like nine different
2: modulations? Yeah, something.
4: Yeah, like uh, basically a lot of different modulation effects. And I think what this showed for me, so it, as well as that, it had... Um, so the four foot switches, I believe, are on-off um, and then patch and bank up. Right. So it's got some uh, presets that you can set in there and also a tap tempo. And for me, it was like one of the first times when, you know, the British builders that we've seen kind of like come from just doing fuzzes and drives have actually made something that's like, oh, this is actually really complicated. You know, this is the next stage in what you would build if you were building stuff. If you build probably a fuzz and a boost first, then you might do like a kind of more rugged overdrive. And then a lot of builders would just kind of stop there, you know, and just do it. Keep doing a range of drives because drives are relatively easy to build. Um, And uh, Xander has gone. Oh no, I'm going to go. I'm going after the like Strymon or you know Wampler or something like that. Um, So yeah, it's also MIDI in and out. Did he also say it's USB?
2: I can't remember. I I couldn't hear.
4: Yeah, it had a range of ins and outs on the back, including including MIDI and some other kind of connectivity things. Um, And it's got like. Kind of almost like a kind of digital. It's not digital, I guess. It's like lights on the front that show you which band and preset you're on. It, it really is the next stage up from like the drive pedals that he's been making. Yeah, didn't
2: get to hear it though because it was we, too loud. No, um, he did offer us to try it out, and I think they they he did have headphones there, but I was just like. Even with the headphones, it, it, I'm not going to get a good idea yeah. of what this sounds. And yeah. actually, I kind of don't like. I don't. I want to hear it through headphones through a little. Yeah, completely. App. I want to hear this properly. It sounds, yeah. sounds like a really cool idea. And when it's when it's finished, I'll be really excited to check that out. But yeah, I, I agree. Super awesome. He's also um, changed the housings, changed the enclosures on the new. He did pedals. that a little while ago.
4: Uh, no, again, he's changed oh, them, really? I don't know right. If you notice that actually they were a little bit shallower. Oh, I see. So, you know, with the tape deck and stuff, it's like quite a chunky box. Yeah. Um, these are all just a little bit, they're not quite as deep. So, um, yeah, again, if you're looking at kind of putting a load of stuff on a pedal board, pedal height sometimes comes into play if you're putting yeah, a lid definitely. on and stuff. These
2: are a little bit kind of um, shallower, so it should be easier to squeeze oh, in. cool. Sweet. Yeah, from from there we went over to Shergold. Now Shergold had surprisingly used this event to launch um, a a new guitar, which I thought was a bit was it was it a touch odd because sure, like surely you'd use NAM to launch your new guitar, right? Were they there? Well, they're a, they're a British well, brand, aren't they? So you know, they're supporting were they there? The, the British show. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Joe, were they there at NAM? Yeah, I don't know. Were they then? Well, probably, surely. Surely, sure, gold were there. Anyway. Sure, um, um Anyway. The, uh, yeah, yes. you right, right there, mate. Yes, I'm, I'm Get just Get through fine. it. Come on. We're, yeah, okay. I know you're tired after the weekend. Yes, okay. Fine anyway, Shergold uh announced and released their new provocateur, which um, which is a their first new body shape. What was the first one called? The the Marauder or the Masquerader? Yep. Masquerader, Masquerader. Because Matt, you and you and me got like three of them to try out, yeah,
1: they're, they're just amazing guitars for the money. Solid rosewood net. We were wondering how they were going to get around with. The solid rosewood neck—that was the only thing at the time—and I—I didn't get to see this. I don't know what the you didn't see this. Oh. I didn't know. I barely got time to walk around. I think I had about one quick lap on Saturday and then the same on Sunday. Well, so,
4: um, to be honest, when we um, went to the booth, it was so busy that we there was no one there to talk to about the spec. Um so I don't think we even got the spec So there so-
2: were a few models and I wonder if they're going to be doing the same thing that they were doing with the with the Masquerader. But the Masquerader was now the Masquerader was an old Shergold shape. It was a double cut listener if you if you if you're not aware. But um it was available in three pickup configurations. You could get it essentially um HSS Telecaster or P90 and humbucker with yeah. three options. I assume they've carried the same Pickup options over onto that were similar because um, I
3: mean, the one that you took a picture of is two humbuckers, and there was a
2: there, uh, I, I, as in, sorry, I meant the, the difference being there'd be a telly, a P90, and a yeah. humbucking because there, there was also a P90 version oh, okay. uh, there as well. But yes, you're right, I, d- I didn't explain that well. Um, but uh, yeah, there was this, there was a double humbucker version and a P90 version there, which are very cool. Now, the provocateur is their single cut. Um, Les Paul Junior style instrument.
3: Well, I think I think it looks more like a Sonics. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it does. It, it's yeah. got that kind of like quirky. I don't know. I don't really know how you just. Dis- it looks a bit like a, a someone's made a Les Paul out of Play-Doh. It's that like half scratch plate shape? And also yeah. oh, the scratch plate's
2: kind of like uh, seventy-two deluxe telly. Yep, sort yeah. of, and yeah. also yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, uh, it has a body contour. So yeah, you know, like a contour on the front. So it's more like I don't know, really. You know,
1: like almost like strat contouring, rather than, you know, like a Lesbo Jr. flat top. And I um, I assume this is also designed with Patrick James Eggle. Yes. The guy that did the, same, the previous He, was, he well. was at the event Yes, well. he, he was there. And I guess, um, I
4: mean, th- there's no literature to confirm that, and we didn't get the chance to ask anyone. But um, I assume so. I assume he's working on all of these. One thing that I noticed in the photo, which I didn't even think about at the time, is what the necks are made out of. Because this doesn't look like of an all rosewood neck
2: uh, it does actually um if you look in the reflection on the photo i've taken no oh, If we look p- at the oh, reflection I see that's it not reflection is... that's another guitar yeah 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 yes you're you can, right because you right. can see
3: you can see the maple or mahogany neck
2: is there. it
4: looks like it's maple neck um but yeah i didn't even think to check at the time oh no um, was... and like i said we didn't get the chance to ask mahogany. about the guitar so it's mahogany neck is mm-hmm.
2: it oh, okay
3: um. Just. Yep. I would have uh, loved another
2: all rosewood neck. I think that was one of my favorite oh, things solid, about these. Solid
3: solid mahogany body featuring a solid torrified mahogany neck and
4: ebony fingerboard. Okay. Is there any more? Because uh, uh, when I looked yesterday, there weren't any actual details anywhere online. So, is there any info about like pickup combinations or anything?
3: Uh, da, 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 da. Pickup configurations come in the form of Patrick So there you go, he is involved Patrick's personal choice of genuine USA made Seymour Duncan P90 and Pearly Gates Okay uh, yeah, da, 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 cool. In the SP01 SP-
1: One size fits all Seemed like a good idea for clothes Nice dress
2: uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt
1: Until you tried it on Same goes for your healthcare.
3: model and two fifty nine humbuckers loaded in the SPO 2 sd model right so just two breach humbuckers feature a push pull coil tap for a wild array of tonal options oh wow okay interesting so
2: they're basically you can either get it two humbuckers or a humbucker and a p90 yes i mean i think these look absolutely fantastic if the i mean the the one that we saw there was a black one and a, a white one at the show um if the color options are kind of you know the same sort of classic nice options that there were with the masquerader as well i think these are wicked guitars especially if they come in at a similar price point
3: yep. 800 quid it's oh, really good 809 for two humbucker and 829 for the p humbucker. They, right I, I think
2: these are a fantastic guitar i do wish it had a solid rosewood neck again that was one of the things i, mean, that you I absolutely always, I, loved
3: you know why they're
2: not doing that yeah though. of course so of course Absolutely, but yes, they were they were very very cool indeed. And then another brand we saw, um, who we saw last year with you, j Cross, was uh, Maybach Guitars. Yeah, the German um, custom shop who specialise in you know versions of classic Gibsons and classic Fender alike guitars. They had a, a new range of stuff there, including a very nice like James Bay esque. Um, yeah, well, they, they've they started doing a ton of guitars with slotted
4: headstock, which wouldn't be my preference, I have to admit, but um, it seems to be the way that a lot of um, these kind of super high-end electrics are going. So if you have a look at things like B&G guitars, um, which are seemingly more and more popular. Um, they're doing a lot of guitars with slotted headstocks and seems like Maybach have gone down the same route. So, yeah, kind of small-bodied F-hole guitars with slotted headstocks, but there was also even some kind of Les Paul-style guitars with slotted headstocks. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I, yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> I walked past and they had like a 2P90, like 335 yes.
4: guitar. Yes, it wasn't like there? a 335, though. It was like a smaller body, almost like a kind of little parlour
3: acoustic almost. They just seem to do stuff and not put it on their website. Like, yeah, I found that that's... infuriating when we when we met them the first time. Yeah. What's, what is infuriating about
4: Maybach is firstly, yes, they just make a ton of stuff. Like there was an edge-bound, like a double edge-bound telly there, which I couldn't find on their site. They're also now doing... Um, colour over colour relicking. Well, they- they're
2: doing... They've got a a, a new tier... The fella was saying there's a new tier of custom shop that they're yeah. doing, like a master-built series. Yeah. And they had a, um, a, a gold sparkle over green paisley Stratocaster yeah. with an embroidered aluminium scratch plate.
4: Yeah, it looked... I mean, it, you know, that particular combination wouldn't be for me, but the Relic King <laughs> looked fantastic in the flesh. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the, the difficulty is finding out anything about them yeah. and actually getting to try one outside of a show. They haven't got a distributor in the UK. They don't have Not many <laughs> dealers in the UK.
2: And also, their their show. Well, whilst the you know we've been saying you couldn't try anything out there, and we weren't trying anything out there. They they'd set up their stand so you couldn't try anything he, out there. He didn't there. have an amp.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you wanted to plug something in, you couldn't. Even you know, at a time when, you know, there might have been a break in this kind of uh, cacophony that was the show. If you wanted to try a Mayback, they didn't have an amp for you to try one. So yeah. um yeah, that was a bit weird. But the, yeah,
2: some great stuff on display. Um a very nice master built um uh, cream telecaster um with a with a roasted maple neck. Yes. That yeah, that was lovely. lovely. Um but yeah, from, from there. Uh, right next to them, because uh, we were having a look at a couple of their custom shops, which were um, were on display in some cases. Yeah, we kind of like went around the corner and we we're like, oh, they've. It's weird because they've got stuff
4: on this booth and it's just on stands, and then you come around the corner and they've got these like l- lit up display cabinets yeah. with more of their stuff in. It's like, well, this is you're gonna like why this. Is, Jay. Why does this? What, what's going on here? But then we got accosted by, um, you have to remind me, oh, the uh, Rob. It was another Rob, Rob wasn't it? Oh, because the company yeah, is yeah. Rob and Rob. Yeah, R&R. Um, what, what were they actually called? R&R? R&R. R&R something, though. Fine Cabinet, guitar fine... furniture or yeah, something. Some so um, what these guys do is uh, make basically cabinets that you can either uh, bolt to the wall or you can have freestanding in your house that are built specifically to display guitars. Oh nice. Okay. Um and they're right, I do like that. Yeah. They cool. they are just starting out and they are basically they'll build whatever you want on their standard design. So they've got different lighting options. Oh yeah. They've you got, can have
2: LED lights, you can have mirror backs.
4: If you yeah, if you want a mirror behind the guitar, you can have that. That's um, cool. They're talking about um, also the, in the pipeline they're gonna have one where you can have a screen Behind, so you could be playing like videos essentially. Or if, if you wanted to, you could like take your guitar out and play like a lesson. So you could stand there in front of the cabinet and like play a guitar lesson, and then put your guitar back. Their whole their whole That's idea amazing.
2: is introducing the guitar into a sort of living space. And the the guy was saying, look, you know, if you if you spend like three thousand pounds on a guitar, or even if you're not spending as much on that, you, you love a guitar. But especially if you're spending sort of three five grand on a guitar, what if you've got something vintage? You know, where are you storing that? Like on a stand where it's sort of rotting into the finish under your bed. Like, what are you doing with a with an instrument that's so that's that's so high value and is such a personal possession to you? You want it to be near you so you can play it, and you you want it to be on display because it's something you've invested so much money in. Why not, you know, come up with a piece of furniture that makes you able to make it part of your living space? I th- I mean, I thought as an as a concept that that was yeah
1: great. Yeah, I think. Um... There was that thing on reverb a few months ago, Mark, that guy selling all those lefty tellies and yeah. he had that amazing display cabinet made. It's sort of just like if you if you had the space in your house and you had a really nice guitar, this makes perfect sense. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. To me, um, I think
1: that's a great idea.
4: They weren't super cheap, but at the moment they're building them as kind of one offs, basically. Yeah. If someone goes to them, they said starting price is about eight hundred quid. Um, what? which is a lot, but You know, how much does it cost you? You know, if you're going to get fitted furniture made in your house, that'll cost you a fortune. Yeah, Um, And, you know, this has got like the lighting built in and it's, you know, it's designed specifically for this purpose. Um, So I think it's cool. It could go somewhere. I mean, for me, um, they're going to have to do a few different designs because I think the
3: way that the design they currently have wouldn't really fit. Well, no. I mean, if you, if what the, you're saying, it suggests that a lot of it is kind of bespoke. It, yes, yeah, probably it, not the sort of thing that you buy off the
2: shelf. You would probably commission them to make. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. But, but having d- having a few start like everything styles. was because he was he was very much like yeah, it's all British oak, and it's like well, what if your living room's white? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I see. What it you was mean. very much geared I around. I think you know the the like it's a great idea, great company. Uh, and the company was run by uh, a couple of older gents who almost definitely have oak in their front rooms. You know, right, and yeah, it was yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was very much geared around that is that's how you know you want to make a lifestyle piece. I think you have to make options for people who have different sort of uh, lifestyle aesthetic <laughs> lifestyle choices, and this very much was one look. Yeah, that that said, I think it was a great idea. There was also an option to have a rack at the bottom for you to have an amp fitted. Okay, um, which that's was cool. quite a cool idea as yeah, well. Yeah, that actually for me, like
4: particularly living in Brighton where you can't. Can't actually put anything on the walls because your walls will c- like crumble and cave in. The the option with the legs, so you, it's almost like a freestanding unit that you can kind of screw to the wall, but the weight is held by the legs. Yeah. The legs basically give you a rack to put an amp on as well. Yeah. So you'd have your guitar like displayed nicely in this cabinet with the amp directly underneath.
3: What you want is a combination of this and like an ISO cab, so you can boss your uh, <laughs> boss your your tube amp in the in the back there. Yeah and just, you know, turn it up to eight. Right. Yeah. Well,
4: ideally, <laughs> what you actually want is one of these and then a Boss Katana Air. Uh, oh, with, pa- I mean, with why not? In. So, why so not? It literally, is, you just open the cabinet, take it out there. There's no cables involved yeah. at all and then you're just playing
3: through your amp straight away. Absolutely. I reckon, I think- do you reckon you could get away with... Do you reckon Ella would be all right with you, like, suspending a Katana Air from the, uh, from the roof? Why not you just put it on the bookshelf, don't no, you? I, I think you should <laughs>
1: suspend it from the roof. I'll just wear I, it um, on my person... <laughs> I'd want some sort of smoke machine built in so yeah. that when you open the case, <laughs> oh, the of smoke that comes out of the side. dry ice. They, they are custom Dry ice, shop. exactly. Yeah.
2: They could probably do that. It is a custom shop. Just that's right. A bit we... like um when
4: they open the door to the DeLorean the first time uh, <laughs> they, yeah. when Einstein comes back from the future and then the, all the steam comes off it. Oh, that's that's that. exactly what I want. I yeah. think
1: we
2: should get one made for the studio. Yes, definitely. absolutely, one hundred percent. So, anyway, from there we headed uh, over to well, uh, one of the Robs from RNR uh, is also Rob Williams, who runs, who owns, obviously, Rob Williams Guitars. He's a uh, master luthier, a British luthier, but um, and he had probably my favourite thing that was at the show. Yeah. Um, now, the first thing we were shown of his was a very, very flamboyant, um, very sort of late seventies esque. Um, Stratocaster, sort of like a carved, incredibly
4: top yeah, incredibly well kind of figured. Um, this is one of the guitars they're actually using to kind of show off the cabinets. Actually, yeah, yeah. so you can kind of gauge the market that they're going for with the guitars and the cabinets. You know, it's people that have got a bit more money to spend. Um, and uh, this guitar is, you know, it's gold hardware. It's got it's got a jack socket on it, but it's kind of like the, it looks like a Strat jack socket. But it's made... But it's of, made of wood. Of zebra wood. And it's Ooh, in, yeah, embedded
2: amazing. into the guitar. So I'd never seen that before, actually. I thought that was quite a neat well, it's thing. An, an excellent example of luthery. But, of course, for us, uh, we were drawn way more to his more traditional stuff, which included an absolutely gorgeous, um, just simple, straight-up 52 Telecaster. Yeah, uh, probably the best thing that I played at the show.
4: I thought the... Profile was great. The build was great. Obviously, we didn't get to plug it in. in um, but Subtle lacquer checking was lovely. Yeah, in oh. terms of the feel and the weight and the balance. Lovely and bird's eye maple neck. Yeah, it was just very much a kind of like
2: super top end telly. Price wise, what did he say, about two and a half? Yeah, they were actually, like yeah, that. That. yeah, it was like two and a half, which I think, you know, we, we spoke to a lot of like single sort of, you know, one, one fellow Luthier shops, and the average price from them these days seems to be like three three and a half and so he was coming in well under that i mean it's actually
4: less than that um just looking on the site now two two fifty what for that telly for that telly yeah
2: oh or for uh, one of his tellies. oh yeah. my goodness oh my goodness that they they were very <laughs> very very good goodness i was a very very big fan of that guitar it was absolutely fantastic and he also had some ridiculous figured les paul there which uh, that was his own guitar that was
4: one that he'd made for himself which was I mean, it was pretty stunning, you know, like flame top Les Pauls are not really my thing, but that guitar was very, very eye catching.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um from there we went over to our new favorite guitar shop. You're allowed to UK. say that now. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> we went over to James's Home of Tone. Um James's Home of Tone, we've spoken about a bit on the podcast. James is uh, is is doing the the role of bringing... The boutique stuff that you can't normally get in the UK into the UK on a very small scale, but um, nonetheless, I mean, it's twenty-four e- inch, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, for uh, <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> <laughs> so funny, couldn't even talk. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feel like the the listeners in the US, obviously. I think there's been enough talk from all the other guitar podcasts and pl- Whoa. plenty guitar yeah. YouTube channels about sorry. What? There are no other podcasts. Oh like, yes, this sorry, is the only sorry. one. Yes, it is. That's where we're, that's the, why we're
3: the best. We are just simply the best because there's no other option.
2: Yeah, there is no. I hope there no isn't any other option. Other option oh, goodness me! If
3: there is, I've never
2: listened to one. <laughs> we'll start plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yes, obviously Jennings guitars have been increasingly popular um, in the states at the moment, and uh, and and over here we've been itching to be able to get our hands on um, some of those Jennings tellies. But uh, James's home of tone. Is flying the flag for that, and uh,
3: <laughs> um, the most important thing that I need to ask you is: Did he have any millimetric, and did you play any? He, he did, did not, not have any millimetric. They haven't come in yet. But I, they are I tell on you their what, way. I tell you what, I would have left.
2: Oh, well, um, I'd have gone.
3: I'd have gone. Not good enough. Not good enough. Let's
2: move on. Well, he did have okay. an absolutely incredible titan there. Yes, um, which was very lovely, a gorgeous like satin surf green with a, like, Tiger scratch plate, three P90s. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous, single cut. I mean, that is, like, that is everything you want in a guitar. And do you know how much money it is? £1,300. Yeah, I was going to say, like, £1,200. £1, quid, £1, yeah. pounds. That's so affordable. It's actually, it's down from 1800 on his website really? at the moment. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm
3: i I mean, that's the thing with the Titans, is they, because, are they, are, I mean... The Cower guitars are absolutely fantastic. I'd love a uh, what's their fiber? The, the Banshee is that the yeah? I'd love one of those because they just they look amazing and just just following Doug Cower on uh, on Instagram is amazing. Just some of the stuff that he that he puts out is incredible. But um, they're just—they're so expensive. The 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 cow stuff and the fact that yeah. he does the Titans as well is just—it's just amazing. Some of, some of that stuff is just absolutely astonishing, and it is really affordable. I mean, you know, affordable is very. It's easy, you know it's, it's a very in in relative terms it's it's like it's pretty affordable. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And there was a really lovely uh, Prisma there as well, which I thought would be. Yeah, I, up d- your
3: I didn't. I didn't know what that was until you uh, sent me a text with that picture earlier today. It's kind of a reverse Jaguar. I guess it looks. It, looked, it, was, kind of it, it really reminds of, me. It of felt of
2: like a Toronado. No, it's well, no, it's a reverse jag, but it reminds yeah. me of those guitars that Nick Reinhardt plays. The supersonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, it was cool. So, humbucker in the bridge and telly pickup in the neck.
2: Not just any humbucker and single coil pickup in there. They're like fabric-topped, right? Yeah, they're sort of like rainbow-coloured fabric-topped yeah, yeah. pickups. pretty bonkers.
4: Um, and it's got like, yeah, weird rainbow-coloured inlays and like a... Black scratch plate with like rainbow dots on it. it yeah, it was very uh, And and the volume and tone knob. And also, volume 100%. tone knob have also got this kind of like rainbow thing to them. But it was actually it looks quite mad, but when you see it in the flesh it actually looks super tasteful. Um and yeah, again,
3: didn't get to plug it in, unfortunately. But um one to watch, I didn't know anything about Prisma. Was that the was that the only Prisma guitar that they had there?
2: It was the only Prisma guitar.
3: Because I I did a little bit of research on them. Uh, after you sent me that text at, at, at lunch, and I think that they, I think like the main body, the main bulk of their instruments are like carved out of skateboard, not carved yes. out of skateboards, but like right. yeah. they're made out of, uh, I, I, so I assume it's plot. I don't know if, it, if it's what, but I, I don't know what skateboards are made out of, to be honest. So you always said ply I, I doubt hang, they're ply 10 dudes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i assume that's what the uh that's what they're made out
2: of i thought i recognize the name i remember us doing a bit on them before yeah i think, about I th- the, I about think the so as well
3: yeah i th- i seem to think and I've re- i'm just having a look uh it doesn't actually say it just says um made out of
4: uh old broken skateboards yeah it that, kind of actually doesn't really tell you that much and in fact you get details on the neck but there's no details on the actual body itself. I guess yeah, it's whatever skateboard's made out of. Birch ply maybe? That was kind mm. of what I was yeah. thinking.
2: I guess I guess it must be something fairly hardwearing so. Yeah. Um that guitar was cool though. Yeah, it was cool. And it was it was great to hook up with James as well and uh, and see some of the cool stuff that he had out and about. It was it was very swag.
3: Um I mean I've just the first result when you google what would our skateboards made out of is um, the three main board building materials are Baltic birch ply, bamboo, and Canadian maple veneer. Bamboo! I guess it's just because there's loads of it. and must be fairly lightweight. It's f- it's, it'll be super light, it's well cheap, it's extremely sustainable. Yeah, not that hard-wearing, no. Probably not, no. Uh, other materials include solid wood... Uh, solid wood. Solid wood. Really? Solid solid wood. Other materials <laughs> including <other laughs> solid wood. Uh oh, hang on a sec.
2: Yeah, no, this is yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know. I don't know. It's what it's, yeah. Welcome to Skate Talk, the <laughs> Solid uh, Wood. Internet's <laughs> premier skateboarding podcast. Yes. Tony Hawk. Uh let's talk about him. Talk uh, about Hawk. There Hawk was talk. Uh, there was did you see the video of Tony Hawk uh hanging out with his daughter while she drops in for the first time that went on went around on Twitter this week. No, I did not. It was really cute. Was really I
4: remember time. him dropping in on a half pipe when he had a kid in between yeah. his legs. I don't
3: think it was that child. Okay, fine. She... Um, Tony Hawk <laughs> Tony Hawk just seems to have lived like the absolute like just perfect yeah, dream life. life. Just the most just the most perfect life. He's just, you know he loads of
2: computer games. Well that's
3: the thing, you know, he he like spent his youth like skateboarding and then you know made a living out of it and then went mm, this, uh, these video games, they seem pretty popular. Should I, do, should I do a bit of that? Did a bit of that. And, and now he can't <clears throat> stop. She can't can... stop. And if you follow him on Twitter, he is incredible because he is always posting about all the funny things that people say to him, uh, thinking that he isn't Tony Hawk, but that he like looks like Tony Hawk. <laughs> Which is <laughs> really funny. Conversely, the comedian
4: Tony Hawks.
1: Oh, yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what to, I was just meant to he say. To... He's from Brighton. He, I was like, I had no idea. He used
4: to have a great blog where he would post all of the fan mail that he would receive from people who thought he was Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
3: uh, I read his book, Around Island Hawks with a Fridge. Hawk. Hawks. Right. Uh, it was called, like, Hitchhiking Around Island with a Fridge. Why did he have a fridge? Uh, it was a bet. It was a mini it was a, fridge. I think it was a dare. Someone went, oh, I bet you couldn't hitchhike around island with a fridge. And he went, oh, I bet I could. And then he uh, did it and then wow. wrote a book. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Not Tony Hawk.
4: He would have put a skateboard underneath it, a couple of bungee ropes, Yeah, and just pushed it around. That's right. Pro- yeah, probably would
2: have done that. Yeah. So the most exciting thing, at the Birmingham guitar show that wasn't a guitar the uh, curry we went to the curry we did yes we did go and have a chickpea curry we did that that, nice. was, that that was that was that was lovely and a few beers as well didn't we you even had some beers even though you were hung over uh, we i we even one. got a free beer we did get a free we got beer. free beer lovely. at the bar because i i uh, i we we i asked for two bottles of beer went for bottles instead of tap because you don't know, you know you don't go for tap beers in you know. a conference center like you don't know when the last time the pipes were cleaned so i went for two
3: bottles of, okay. of beer i am um, get... you don't see me like the sort of person that would you know Care you, that much <laughs> you, the, the, the amount of absolute junk that you put in your body <laughs> and you're worried about
2: have the pipes been cleaned <laughs> that's true i've never thought about it like that it's been, know, it's your silly. pipes are definitely not clean so. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they gave us two different sized beers so we pointed it out to them and they were like, oh, sorry, and got the correct size beer. So two of them were the same. And then we we're like, just the free one. It'll... Tried to give it to Matt, but I thought uh, he won't be allowed to drink on the stand.
4: Oh, right,
3: really. Aw. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry Matt. I was, I, was I was desperate for a drink. And so, sorry, just to uh, uh, run away from you here. This mm-hmm. is a lot more interesting. Mark, you're having a beer tonight as well. Yeah. Three days running. Yeah. That's not very Mark Packer. I had a hard week. We'll talk about it in the Patreon or something. <laughs>
2: yeah. But I had a hard <laughs> week last week. He did. He did have a hard week. Nothing like,
4: you know, no one died or I anything. I mean, it's pretty I just, I just had to leave my house a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I, just had to, I had to do some work that wasn't just sat in front of the computer at home. So I feel I'm still like... Need a couple of relaxing beers to get over that.
2: So anyway, we went next to see the most exciting thing that wasn't a guitar at the guitar show, and that was, of course, the brand new Peterson strobe tuner. Mark Packham, how good was it? Yeah,
4: I thought this was going to be really rubbish, and Thank it turns you. out it, was, it actually was actually really good. Really, <laughs> really, really good. I mean, I can't use strobe tuners to save my life, but um, if I was going to buy a strobe tuner, this is the strobe Why tuner I, I buy. Why can't you buy? I just tuners? don't really understand how it works. I also don't understand how it works. I... Th- they just sort of spin around, and you've got to kind of make them
3: stop spinning around. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, that's basically right. Because I've I, I could never handle the strobe setting on a Tu3 yeah, either. Like no. it's just I just I always thought it's broken.
1: It, in, <laughs> in a way, in a way, I think it's actually more accurate. Yeah, yeah, it, that's... But it's just it's it's harder to read. But what Peterson have always done really well is like what they call sweetened tunings, where certain strings are actually slightly higher or lower in pitch. Uh, which are just for like you know how intonation is not perfect on a on a guitar, um, and it does actually make a difference. Like some of them have like the top E strings like tuned up slightly, but not like a whole semitone or anything. Just a very small amount, right? That kind of just like brings things out a little bit. And actually, what I was just reading that you can have preset colors depending on what tuning preset you want. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Cool. I love the, it. The... And I think it goes down to four, three, two—the ultimate tuning. So I don't
4: know what that is. 432 hertz. Oh, right. Okay, I see what you mean. Right, fine, fine. Um, the thing that was most impressive about this was the screen looked incredible. And just looking at this photo that you've taken, Joe, it doesn't show off at all because it was constantly moving. So the photo is like a bit blurred, but the screen was so unbelievably crisp. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would. And, you know, what I've always found with like kind of this style or this brand before is this stuff's not really ever been pedal board friendly. Um, and this totally was, it was like, would fit perfectly on a pedal board. The screen was great, super bright. So if you're tuning in the dark, um, it would look good. Um, and yeah, supposedly, it's the best way to tune. Um, I, it might take me a little while to get my head around it. But yeah, supposedly, it's the most accurate. Um,
3: yeah. I um on their website at the moment. And when you, there's something that I just got really freaked out by. Um, so the home, the, the, the home screen of the website has got a banner, which has got the, the tuner, uh, the tuners in a line on there, but they kind of really, really subtly move back and forward. Like if you've got a menu open it, re- and I was looking at it and it was like, it, oh, it, yeah. it is coming like I was staring at it. Like, I think it's moving. <laughs> and then it just, It's like a, it was like a visual, um, uh oh god, what's the 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 uh the note that doesn't go up? Oh yeah Shepherd's shepherd tone. tone. It's like a visual shepherd tone. <laughs> I, I honestly I got really
4: freaked it out for a they second. They're just really slowly oh, coming towards. Oh i not it. It's coming right for us.
2: <laughs> you know, we um we still have a lot of things to cover um from the Birmingham Guitar Show and we yeah. are up at time um for uh for this week's regular episode of the guitar nerds podcast so before we go i do want to mention one more thing because we are going to carry on on this on the patreon episode we've got loads of brands to talk about so i'll I'll let you know what we're going to be talking about over on the patreon we're going to talk about some of the weirdest guitars as well as a brand new prototype standard model from crimson guitars that we saw at the show we're going to be talking about Eastman guitars, a brand that Mark has traditionally sat on the fence about, but um, has has found a new love for, and some of the amazing things we saw on their stand. Uh, Origin Effects. Um, we're going to talk about the Ibanez um, Vemerum Tube Screamer, Anna Sound's incredible new kickable reverb tanks, which... Um, which we have mentioned on the podcast before, and Seth Backus Custom Shop Guitars, which we were extremely uh, impressed by. But before we go, I do want to talk about one of the most interesting things that we saw at the uh, at the show. And it was interesting because they'd, this company had thought about what was going to be at the show, how they were going to be able to compete, and what they could do to make their stand interesting. And it was Radio Shop Pickups, uh, a little... Uh, South Wales custom shop um, pickup maker, uh, and they brought a uh, a pickup winding machine and made pickups there at the show, which was fantastic. It was what an amazing, uh, you know, sort of insight into the into the sort of building of of pickups to actually show us how it's done at the show.
4: I we went over there, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to have a... Go on the machine. We were already like three beers in. Well, yeah, I was holding a ca- <laughs> I was I was holding a small, like Coke can sized beer and he sort of clocked it and I went, I've had a couple of beers, I don't think I should, and he went, you yeah, know, definitely not <laughs> 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 So um, but it was cool though. Yeah, in terms of being able to show off the product. I mean pickups you're never gonna be able to really hear the differences no, like not at actually. a show anyway, but with the ridiculous amounts of noise they had just kind of given up on trying to demo stuff. I think they they had an amp there, didn't they? Yes, they did have an amp. But he was like, yeah, we're just not plugging them in now because the best thing we can do is sit here and just wind pickups all day. And people come over and they're like, wow, what is that?
2: And then we can start the conversation about the pickups and Yeah, and it was great. You know, they had some price lists out. They had some box sets sort of ready to go. They were doing deals on the pickups. But it was really nice to... They were both absolutely lovely fellas, and it was great to just be able to talk to them about the options that they had and, and what they do. And But they offer, like, a complete, absolute custom shop service. So whilst they do their own preset versions, they'll also have a chat about what you're after, and they'll... Mm. Uh, you know they'll build like that, but yeah, it, it, I thought it was a great idea and it was uh, brilliant. It was a wonderful little world school machine. So I'll post pictures of it in the group and everything. But it was it was really really cool to see. Anyway, um, Matt, unless there's a what was your favourite thing at the show in in the
1: brief time that you got to actually walk around that wasn't your? Own uh, I, I, do you know what I I kind of just wandered and went and spoke to a lot of people that. I just know. So it's just good to catch up with other brands because, um, you know, we're all doing the same thing at every single show. I actually really liked the Origin stand. Um, I I like the way that they had um, all their pedals set up on a little switcher and they had a bunch of presets you could flick through. Yeah. But the most impressive thing was their vintage amp collection in these amazing looking racked flight cases they were all going into a load box feeding into um one cab so they had like a vintage plexi an old um like fender twin head i think um and it was just like an amazing looking booth um and then i also went and saw thorpy and uh we tried to have another go on the deep oggin which was his new um vibrato chorus pedal but it, to be honest just couldn't hear anything it's just like, I was just like, it was like, Oh, it sounds a bit subtle. And I was like, I just don't think we can hear anything. I've just lost all sense of, um, yeah, that was the of hearing. I'd say the one thing I didn't check out, and I don't know if you guys did, was the new DV Mark amp, the new DV Mark multi amp that's got some sort of quad core processor in it. We that did, is basically, we didn't get a, chance. a computer didn't get a chance bas- to hear it. Yeah, it's like a computer that loads profiles, similar to a Kemper, basically. Oh, that's interesting. Um, With a whole bunch of kind of crazy tech in it. Um, So I really wanted to go and check that out. But to be honest, again, just trying to try anything at the show was kind of impossible. It's just nice to go and see everything. Zilla had a great selection of cabs on display, um, and it was really good to talk to Matt from uh, Monty's. Again, their stand always looks really, really good. They always look super professional as well, and he was telling me about some of the stuff they're doing, which I thought was quite cool. Sweet. Awesome.
2: Well, that is it for us here on the regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. We'll be continuing over on our Patreon, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month. Gets you the Patreon episode and loads of additional things like the Hall of Fame podcast. And $10 a month makes you an executive producer and gets your name read out in one breath by me. You ready? Yeah, I was born ready.
4: Okay. Do la 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 to la 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 this? la 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 la
2: Oh. Adam Rice-Crisp, Jake Cutmore, oh. Robert Cousins, Rob Grove Scott Hamilton, Tucker Amadon, Ernie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Edge, Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Henry James Baker, Juan Coyer, Aaron Servant, Blake Wyland, Andrew Goody, Jamie Kemp, Jake Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Losett, Hans Robin Smith, Terry Gritz, Chris Cunners Rob Nordwick, Duncan Watson, Ed Bailey, Steve Buckle, DJ MacArthur, Michael McGray, <laughs> Carlos Mancha, <laughs> Andy <Annie> McKenzie, <laughs> Brad Bates, <laughs> Blair Toms, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Ernst, Small Corrigan, Will Clare,
3: Mooka, <laughs> <Luke>, Ar- <laughs> Will Tom, Sid, <Seth>, Adrian Day, <laughs> Ken <Kendall, laughs> Says, Matthew Gates, Stuart Dates, Scott Sunday, <laughs> Sean Arbel, <Orville>, Christopher <laughs> Woodland, <Wolfram, laughs> Chuppetson. <laughs>
2: that was good. I tried to slow it down a bit so that I was more articulate with everyone. I, I feel st- like you did really well yeah. there. I still, I still pretty much made it. I, do you know I keep forgetting to mention at the end of this... There is someone on there that I read out as Scott something because yeah. they haven't put their surname in. So Scott, there is it are not several... Scott O'Brien. There is a Scott O'Brien. I read his name out. There's okay. another Scott. There's a don't Scott know Hamilton. I read his name out. But there is another Scott who doesn't hasn't got their surname. Great on there. Scott! So yeah, so I say Scott something. So apologies, Scott. mystery. Scott. Might not Scott. have a surname. Scott mystery, Scott.
3: <laughs> mystery Scott. Mystery <laughs> Scott.
2: Maybe I'll just call him the Scott. <laughs> mystery Scott. I'm mystery that. Scott. <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, that's uh, that's it for this week. We'll uh, we'll uh, see you next week for more of this nerdery. Farewell. Bye. Bye. It's a mystery.